Hey everybody, what's going on? Tommy, always be booked. We got an episode today, man. I'm just excited, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm trying to keep this format together. I'm trying to, you know, set up news articles. I'm trying to write stories. But all I can think about is 21, now 20 days away. And it is the official first ever Pirates and Pier Runners Caribbean Cruise on Adventure of the Seas. We're going to talk about some news today. We got your emails, obviously not too many of them, by the way. You guys are slacking a little bit. I always got to kind of throw you off the straight and narrow, throw you onto the straight and narrow, and then all of a sudden there'll be like a slew of them next week. But here we are. We're talking today about part two of the Pirates and Pier Runners cruise, and today we are going to talk about the ports of coal. Let's start the show. Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink back and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah All aboard and welcome ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show Coming at you not quite live From the K-Compound down in Boca Raton South Florida I mean it's just so nice I'm gonna tell you what though Last couple of days Out of control rain a lot of wind, but who cares? I actually like it. It's so sunny here and so beautiful so often that I do like the little breaks where you get those shutdown days where you can't really do anything and the wind is crazy. And, you know, I like it. Kind of like it. So we got a lot to talk about today. Well, not a ton, but we're going to get into some stuff. Again, man, I don't know if you could hear it or you could tell in my voice. Again, I'm so excited for this group cruise for so many reasons because it started to take on this whole other thing. This thing that I didn't even imagine it would. And again, what's rule number one? You never predict a cruise. But if you got to align the stars and if you want to set up a game plan, if you're if you're a coach and you're setting up your game plan, you can always lose. Okay, You can always lose any game on any given Sunday. But this is setting up to be exactly why we booked this cruise. Man, am I pumped. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about the news. Now, it's it's a little bit slow out there with the news. And you could see a lot of the news uh, outlets or whatever, whether it's cruise radio, uh, a lot of the um, websites, the more popular on the tip of the tongue websites that are out there, they're doing their years in review, the biggest stories. There's not really much that had come out. However, we are going to talk about a little bit of carnival news that at this point is old news, but we haven't touched on it. So we're going to get into it right now. So before we talk about the ports of call that what's going to go on and a few other things, a few late breaking things about this cruise, we're going to get into the cruise news. All right, before we get into the news, please make sure you follow us on Facebook. That is the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge group 
on Facebook. You just click on groups, search for group groups, and uh, you'll see us come up. It is a closed group, but we'll let you right in, so it's no big deal. Also, Instagram, always be booked. A lot of cool pictures. If we're doing sailaways, uh, pictures from sailings that we're on, uh, anything. Anything, it's mostly, right now, it's pretty much all, it, it is all of my own pictures. It was the funny thing in the Instagram world. I don't listen, man. I don't know. There's a whole protocol. You got to remember, I'm not 29 years old. You know what I mean? I'm in my 40s here. And there are, there, there has to be a learning curve, especially if you're not necessarily dialed in as this, as the kids are with all this kind of social media stuff. And I didn't realize that there was anything wrong with just starting an Instagram account, going onto Google, searching for some cool cruise pictures, and posting them. I'm not saying they're my own, but I guess it is assumed that they are your own if you put them up there. And then I guess you also kind of are running the risk of just kind of like being a little ambiguous with it. So I, I, I didn't say it wasn't mine. I didn't say, oh, I actually basically said there was going to be a bunch of pictures on there that weren't mine. Now, uh, where we're at with this is that they are original pictures from now on. Always be booked on Instagram. If you want to send an email to the show, it's Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. While we're talking about the show, I'd like to welcome any new listeners we might have. If you are new to the show, I am a loud, obnoxious, kind of crazy. I like to think I got the little, you know, maybe a little sense of humor going here and there. New Yorker who lives in Florida now and is absolutely completely obsessed with cruising. And that's what we talk about here. Sometimes we get off topic. Sometimes we stay on topic. Sometimes I go on tangents. Sometimes, uh... You know, we stay focused. But all right, let's get into the news that we're going to talk about today. So as most of you know, uh, two Carnival ships collided in Cozumel, and it was not a pretty sight. The Carnival Glory was trying to dock last Friday. This is last Friday, not yesterday. Uh, but unfortunately, it got caught in some wind and bumped into the Carnival Legend. So you got the Glory versus the Legend. That's fun on front crime right there, which is a slightly smaller ship. Now, we learned that this is referred to as an Allison. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I looked it up and now I found it out. An Allison is physical, it's code word for physical contact made by two ships when one of them is not moving. That's a very important caveat to being an Allison. Okay? One ship is not moving. Caveat. Shout out to Nicole. They didn't even realize I said it at that time. This is such a mysterious incident. Oh, what I was trying to say before, tangent. See, this is what I'll do here. I was trying to say, welcome new listeners. I am a loud, obnoxious New Yorker. I like to tell it like it is. On this show, I will give you the cruise news. But the biggest thing that I like to do on this show is create a community with you guys and also celebrate cruising. So I'm going to give you the news. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly, the, the pretty, the nice, the not nice, the expensive, the cheap. Uh, but you know, we are going to mostly celebrate what we love, and that is cruising and vacations and things like that. Uh, I will be the first to say that I probably won't be the most politically correct guy. If you do have sensitivities to things where I just kind of throw it out there. Listen, like I said, we're out here having fun. The intent, you got to know what's in people's hearts, so it is good. If you are a new listener, I've been told that this is an acquired taste, so... If you're just picking up on the podcast now and it's not exactly what you expected or not exactly something that may uh, fit the palate of your ear, of your listening enjoyment right away, I suggest some of the most loyal listeners that I do have 
didn't like it at first. So maybe hang in there a little bit, be a part of the community, join us on Facebook, and I think you'll kind of grow to at least be able to tolerate us. All right, so this is such a mysterious incident, this crash. See what I did? I just literally just stopped in the middle. I did that on the Patreon the other night. Uh, but, uh, you know, all right, moving forward. This is such a mysterious incident because when you consider how often these ships call it Cozumel, you'd think an incident like this would be borderline impossible. Of course, they're doing an investigation, but at this point, all we really know is that there were some unexpectedly strong winds. At first glance, you'd probably assume that this was human error and that whoever was in control of this ship was clearly not in control of this ship. And, uh, you know, they would have to receive the brunt of the accountability. I listen to a couple of podcasts. It always makes me laugh when I see the cruise media or the cruise news covered by the non-cruise media. It's hysterical. And this is that type of a story that is going to kind of get a little bit of a crossover appeal. And some of the podcasts that I listen to that have nothing to do with cruising, they actually discuss this in their current events. And they were looking at it in just the layman's terms. They watch this happen. They watch it unfold. And they say, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a drunk captain. That's a drunk person operating that ship. And uh, I guess if you're watching with the naked eye without a lot of information, that's maybe something that you might consider. But uh, after reading up, and listening to a great conversation on Cruise Radio Rewind with Doug Parker and his guest Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, apparently it's more than possible that no human was to blame for this. Doug explained that the, when you are dealing with a ship that size, with that large of a facade, there's absolutely no way that water propulsion can counteract what Mother Nature wants that ship to do. We're not dealing with a set of brakes here, so it's not a matter of just stopping like you're on the highway. When you're dealing with water propulsion, a more accurate analogy would be like doing 30 miles per hour on the highway and then being able to stop and put the vehicle in reverse and immediately reverse direction and go 30 degrees the opposite direction on a dime. Simply not possible. So at this point, they maintain that there is no human error here. No captains or any officers have been fired, and that is good to know, I guess. Uh, my question is, however, is there anything that could have been done to avoid this? And we talked to Doug about it on the Patreon, and his answer was really, he didn't say yes or no, but his answer was basically no. And I'm just wondering, should there be any precautions that are taken so something like this could or would not happen again in the future? Because if you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that the answer is no, this is a freak thing, there's nothing that could have been done, uh, it's just complete mother nature, there's no steps or precautions that could have been taken, well, that's basically saying that it could happen again tomorrow. And there's absolutely nothing that we'll be able to do about it tomorrow when it happens again. And I understand it's a freak thing. I understand these winds are out of control, so it was something that nobody could really do anything about. But, you know, there has to be some sort of precaution that can be taken. So, I don't mean, I'm sure Carnival is all over it. I'm sure they don't want their uh, half to three-quarter billion dollar ships crashing into each other. So at the end of the day, Carnival Legends seemed to come out of this pretty unscathed. Carnival Glory did take on some very noticeable damage. 
to the aft portion of the ship in the area near the main dining room. There were six minor uh, injuries that were reported, nothing serious, and at no time was the the ship deemed not seaworthy. The repairs were made, and the cruise has resumed its regular itinerary out of New Orleans. When the incident happened, Captain Pedro Grubjestic... Grubjizik drafted and sent a letter to the guests apologizing for the inconvenience and citing the heavy winds as the reason for the collision. Now, Carnival, usually, I would say out of all the cruise lines, Carnival does a lot of things better than most of the cruise lines. But they clearly do this better than most cruise lines, and that is extend courtesy to things that happen that are unforeseen. So they extended a $100 onboard credit to the passenger's of Carnival Glory that were on that current sailing. Uh, So then, sticking with Carnival, there was a little bit of more bad news. So uh, we just learned the launch of their newest ship, Carnival Mardi Gras, will be delayed for a couple of months. Now, I still disagree with this name. What do you guys think? Everybody's kind of... I know I'm in the minority here. I do know that. But most people say, you know what? Let them name it the the, uh, the Mardi Gras. Again, for those of you catching up, uh, Mardi Gras was the name of the first ever carnival ship. At least, at the very least. I'm totally fine with it, too. Call the thing Mardi Gras 2. Because they're not doing that. From what I understand, they're not doing it. At this point, they're not doing that. And uh, I don't know what you guys think about it but the carnival mardi gras is such is a name that is cemented in your history it is your first ever cruise ship why would you simply erase the memory of that cruise ship by saying now that's known there's there's really no name if you hear carnival mardi gras you're going to think of this giant new state-of-the-art ship that's what you're going to think of i think the first ever carnival ship to ever set sail deserves better than that I understand what they're doing. They're doing it as a tribute to the first ever ship, but I think it's working in reverse. Tell me what you guys think. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's start this crap up again. <laughs> I want to know what you guys think. Do you understand what I'm saying at all, too? You know what I mean? Oh, I went on Carnival, Carnival Mardi Gras. Somebody says, tells you, I went on Carnival Mardi Gras three times. Oh, that's awesome. How was uh, Shaq's chicken? No, 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 stupid. You don't get it. I was on the real, the original Mardi Gras. Wait, there was a Mardi Gras before this? Now, if you just named it Carnival, whatever, whatever, XXL, whatever, whatever, whatever you're going to name the ship, XXL, um, you get to name a new sh- the ship, but then you also be able to get to keep that. The, the Carnival Mardi Gras only means one thing. It means the first ever Carnival ship. I am totally fine with saying Mardi Gras too. I think that is a good way, actually, to pay homage to the first ever cruise ship. This cruise ship we're building now is so epic no norwegian pun intended uh that what we're going to do is basically pay homage to it by renaming it after the first ship that got us off the ground that's a great story too with carnival and the mardi gras you know carnival there was so many legendary stories about carnival mardi gras when it came out uh the cruise line was so so underfinanced and uh that's how it got called the fun ship because it actually ran aground on its first sailing. The Carnival Mardi Gras, its first ship, ran aground on its first sailing. And uh, they had no idea what to do. Uh, 
So they started pouring drinks in the bar and calling them on the rocks. You know, just calling it the regular on the rocks. We're on the rocks, so have a drink on the rocks uh, because it ran on on ran aground on the rocks. And uh, at that point, a huge party broke out, and that is when uh, rumor or legend has it that it got the name Funship. I also heard it was so under underfinanced that on that maiden voyage, it also literally had to start cashing in its money from the casino, emptying slot machines, collecting the money that it got from the casino to start paying for some resources. I don't know what it was, fuel, bills, whatever it was, but they actually needed it, needed the money that it was taken, taking from the uh, casino. Anyway, she was set the Mardi Gras, the new Mardi Gras, part two. I shouldn't, that's not what it's called, but it is what it is. Anyway, she was set to launch on August 31st in 2020, and that maiden voyage was pushed back until November 14th of 2020. That means eight sailings had to be canceled, and as you would imagine, many excited guests of the ship will be very disappointed. There are not many details around the reason why this is taking place that are coming directly from Carnival at this time, but you would think speculation is running rampant, and the things that they are saying are, you know, the shipyard. The only thing they're saying is that the shipyard will need more time. Uh, you would think that could be anything, right? What is it? It could be the fact that this is the first ship of its kind. It could be, well, supplies being delivered. It might not even be the shipyard's fault. It could be the suppliers or the vendors that the shipyard is using for materials to build the ship are overwhelmed or on back stock or whatever it is. I have no idea. I'm not going to guess. All we know is that the, the ship is not doing its inaugural voyage on uh on time so mardi gras was supposed to complete a sailing out of denmark uh also a transatlantic to new york two sailings out of new york and another few out of port canaveral it now seems that the ship will be worked on until the very first revenue generating cruise out of port canaveral on november 14th to make up for the inconvenience, Carnival has been offering guests who were booked on any of the canceled sailings a full refund along, again, in the spirit of Carnival doing all things right with their passengers. When something unexpected happens, they're offering a 25% future cruise credit. And if you use that future cruise credit by February 18th, you're going to get an initial, an, I'm sorry, an additional $100 in onboard credit for that very sailing. So Mardi Gras ha is being built at the very busy Meyer Turku shipyard in Finland, which is one of the largest shipyards in the world, as it is one of the best in terms of reputation. But we have to remember, remember that this is, like I said, a brand new model of ships. We will see what happens. Not much comfort to those who were on one of those first eight sailings, but this is cruising. And things like that can happen. How would you feel? What would you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. You know, they do make up for it. I noticed that uh, Tony and Jenny from Lolita Loca were one of the people booked on these. I think Doug was too. Doug rebooked, which, you know, hopefully when he rebooked, hopefully that second wave, that second, uh, I guess, whatever they say the sailings are, the second inaugural will still happen. Um, but do you think that... I don't know. Would 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 it would it fire you up that much 
it really would to me because you're trying to get on this brand new ship. You you do this in Oi Girl Sailings because you want to say you're one of the first few people on the ship. And then who knows? The other sailings might have been backed up and you may not be able to get on them as easily as possible. But you are getting your money back. You are getting a 25% future cruise credit. So who knows? Um what else was I going to say on that? Yeah, it's just it's just a it's just a weird thing. There really is no fault, no blame. Like we said, if you are a fan of cruising, whether it's weather, whether it's you know a delay to a new build, anything can happen when you're dealing with the amount of moving parts that come along with the style of vacation that is cruising. You have to kind of every once in a while roll with the punches. All right, that's about it for the cruise news. Like I said, slow news week. We have the end of the year. I did want to mention a couple of things uh, regarding the show and the direction of the show since we didn't really get a chance to do that. We didn't do a Christmas episode per se. So I definitely wanted to make sure that we touched on a few things. So this show is really kind of humming along. You know, I've noticed over the past three years, it's had some peaks where it's been hotter and sometimes it's cooled off. Uh, right now, I feel like we're in a position where we do and we are in a position, we do have the right leverage and we're in the right position to be able to take this show to another level. And I am going to do everything I can to try to, I guess, you know, push the right buttons to make that happen. I have really spent a good amount of time educating myself over the last three years. It's been a slow run. Always be booked as a podcast. We know that. But what always be booked also is 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 a lot of other things around it too. We the travel agency is very, very important. Uh, you know, the 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 media company as a whole, the YouTube, the merch, everything, I want to be as efficient as possible. Now you guys know I don't want to be overly salesy with you. I don't want to be shoving stuff down your throat where you're going to just for $9.99, you could upgrade to this. All we have right now is the Patreon. If we talk about the Patreon, and if you want to participate in that, we'll talk about that in a little while, as we always do. Uh, we do that. And then we play the little ad about the travel agency. That's it. And that's pretty much the way it's going to stay. The content is going to be what moves this show, and the content is going to be what takes it to the next level. So what I want to do and my plan is that I realized that, you know, I probably should step back in a certain few areas regarding the show. I probably should take on, for a long time, I, I flirted with the idea of taking on another travel agent to, you know, mitigate my, I guess, day-to-day. -day. And also someone who's just expert in travel agent, which, honestly, I'm becoming and I'm getting close to all the time, but I'm not quite... A complete expert. So bringing somebody on that I could at least, you know, they wouldn't probably join off and I didn't, I didn't give them a good percentage of what the travel sales were. And I think that's the partnership. The fact that I'm going to be so focused on creating good content, consistent content that comes out finally after three years on the same day at the same time. I think that's one of the most important things I could do for 2020. And then also bring somebody in while I am taking a hit from a percentage point of getting, you know, the brunt of the travel agency revenue, I think if I can put somebody in that position who can just take that off my plate and I could just focus on really, really 
giving you guys awesome content, really expanding my cruise horizons. And, you know, how that'll work is that I'll have somebody that just does the technical part of it. I will gladly spend as much time on the phone with anybody as needed to help them book a cruise, give them any information, give my opinions, shut the F up when you want me to, all that type of stuff. But to have somebody who really knows how to get on there, make a booking, record the booking, you know, do all the things the travel agents do as far as, you know, whether it's thank you letters for sailing, whether it's, you know, for big ticket cruisers, you know, do a little sail away thing in the room for you, whether it's, um, you know, checking up on price drops for you guys, all that. So there's professionals out there who have been doing that for a long time. And uh, if I bring one of those on, it will only, while I take the hit in the direct percentage, I think I increase things tenfold. It's what it is, is really looking at the big picture, starting to think more about the big picture, getting a little bit more consistent, not trying to chase too many rabbits. The ones you catch though, really kind of see them through. And that's, that's, that's the whole purpose of 2020. And I like when you guys hold me accountable. You know what I'm saying? I like when you guys call me out. If I don't do something that I say I'm going to do, I've tried to be better at doing what I say I'm going to do. I know a couple of these episodes have been late. Uh, that is not that you give a crap. It is from starting a little bit of a new semi full-time job and a couple other things that I have. And that's pretty much it. And the Patreon guys, if you guys want an extra show, we had Doug Parker on last week. We had a great discussion, uh, about you know the stuff that was going on with Carnival and a few other things that he that he forbid me to say on the regular show, and he's you know behind the paywall for that. There's a reason why, you know what I mean. I would say Doug, come on on the regular show. He, he's you know I, I don't I'm not trying to hold the guests that we have or the guests that we have behind the paywall, but I I get it. Sometimes they just want to kind of be back there and kind of you know being a little bit of a more let's call it a a, a, a smaller circle that's all and we're all talking amongst a a, a a crew of people and i do that too you know what i mean i'm gonna say stuff on the patreon that i'm just not gonna say here and you know what that's not a salesy thing either that's maybe things that you don't care about i am not this is the main show this is why we are here this is what the whole thing is all about now again all the patreon is is that if you are you know i don't like to use the word super fan for myself or, you know, you're just really a real friend, a over-the-top interactor of the show with the show. There is an avenue to get an extra show every single day. And yes, it's more than just cruising. It's me kind of broadcasting about whatever's going on with my life with cruising mixed in there. And, uh, you know, a lot of you guys like the crazy, wacky stories. A lot of the stories are in there. And yes, when we do kind of get together with certain guests and talk a little trash and have a little fun yeah it's got to stay behind that wall so that's uh five dollars a month p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash always be booked and it's an extra show every single day Uh, again i take the liberty of you know a couple of them a month where i take off we're having a rough day but for the most part i would say i am at a uh let's call it a 92 percent rate 92 94 percent rate of being able to put a show out every single day. So check that out. All right, let's get into the main topic for the show. So you got this theory in my mind. When you book your cruise, it goes slow at first, right? You book it a couple of hundred days out, maybe. I feel like it goes slow up until you hit that 50-day mark. Once you hit like around 50 days, like two and a half months, 
it starts to go fast. You know what I mean? It starts to sneak up on you almost like you're not ready. And then when it gets within about two weeks, it starts to absolutely crawl. And man, is there anything more anticipatorial than just a couple of weeks before a cruise? You're in that cruise group. The alerts start to light up a little bit more frequently. People start panicking. <laughs> it's always funny to see people start panicking. <laughs> Somebody put it up. Who did that? I don't know who did it. Somebody put it up in the in the in the group. All right, I don't know what's going on. Take a picture of your bags. Show me. <laughs> they want you to take a picture of your suitcases to show us to so we could show them what they were bringing uh, on on board. Like, I want to see your bags. Tell them, don't tell me. I want to see them. Take a picture of your suitcases. I want to know how many you're bringing so I know how much I should bring. It's funny. You start seeing, you know, what, do I have to print my luggage tags? Do I have to? It starts to get a little scatterbrained because people are just like chilling about it, and then all of a sudden it starts to get real. Someone said today, all right, I'm going upstairs to overpack. Uh, just all that stuff is fun and just what do you guys do what do you got tommy at alwaysbebook.com what are some of the off the grid things that you do to prepare for cruises i'm going to try to think right now i did not plan this for the show but i'm going to just think off the top of the head what are some of the things that i do because you know that's one of the things i've always tried to stay away from i feel like there's so many other people that do it and do it better you know as far as you know prepping for a cruise you know if you're talking there's only one one stop for that that you have to go to. Sherry from Cruise Tips TV on YouTube. Just check out that back catalog. If you want to learn how to pack like a freaking scientist, you just got to check her out and with the packing cubes. And, I mean, everything is where it's supposed to be. I think they have charts. I think they do um, Excel sheets for packing. I don't know what the hell's going on over there. But they really, really know how to be efficient when it comes to packing for a cruise. Uh, I just can't bring myself to do it. I can't get there. But what are some of the things you guys do that other people don't do? Shout out to King Marty. King Marty thought that I was being drunk and an idiot last night when I used his picture for the uh, cover photo for the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge group on Facebook. Marty, how dare you, man? You deserve it. You, you, I want you on that wall. We need you on that wall. We're not going to question the way you provide our freedom i'm getting a little too into a few good men here let me calm down so uh he funny enough always talks about the table and i think that's phenomenal uh i remember one time i got a text <laughs> a text from doug and doug was like Dude, you got a guy named marty in your group i was like yeah he's like am i seeing things or is he actually with hats and gloves on tailgating for his cruise with beer in the parking lot I was like, yes, that's what he's doing. He's like, that's legendary. But my, that is legendary, though, by the way. And I just I can't start that early, man. I can't. I just can't. I, I have my window. I use that word a lot when I'm drinking. You know what I mean? It's a window. I go hard. I go often. I go aggressive. But I got a window. You know what I mean? I can't be the one, like a lot of the people that I cruise with, they just start with the mimosas early. You know, they'll wake up, oh, it's breakfast, so I'll have a mimosa. And then they're three or four mimosas in, they chill out, stop for a little while. All right, it's lunch, so let's start with a couple of beers. All right, beers, all right, sounds good. Let's go back to the room, shower up, have dinner. Okay, it's late night, so let's start with the mixed drinks. It's like, no, man, I got a window. And the window is when I'm my drinking window. Now, the drinking window, it's been as little as three hours, but I've been able to extend it nine hours. But the drinking window is a continuous drinking. You know what I'm saying? The minute I start drinking 
from the first freaking shot I have, the minute I start drinking, if I stop, that hangover is going to creep in. If I stop, can't really stop, got to keep going. And yeah, I've, I've extended them. I've done a good nine hour window, but I had to really stay hydrated and really kind of stay off the sugar, you know, really kind of stay with more of the vodka soda type. All right. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about things and rituals or whether it's a product, whether it's the thing you do to get ready for your cruise before you actually take it. Now I'll start. Okay. One thing that I like to do is maybe a couple of weeks before. So obviously I like the idea is to start working out three months before the cruise. You know what I mean? I'll get up to 250, 260, mid 260s, and then I'll try to get down to a respectable weight. A lot of times I'll try that the process will get started three months out. Now I will not succeed for the first couple of things. I always use the lawnmower analogy. It's like trying to pull, pull a lawnmower to get started. And, uh, you know, it wants to start, it putt-putts a little bit, but it doesn't start, and then it stalls out. So you got to pull that string a few times. That's me with the dieting. I have to pull that string a couple of times, but then when I get it going, I feel like I pretty much get it going. So I feel good about that. There's a whole different thing. I'm a creature of habit. A lot of things have to work out in line for me to be able to stay on that kick. So the, the slightest thing could throw me off. I do have, I would say, you know, I don't have an addictive personality. I, I'm not, you know, when I drink, it's because I want to have a good time. Maybe I'm addicted to the good time. But you don't ever see me with the, be the guy who has to, you know, come home from work, crack open a beer, and turn on the game. No. I'm doing, if I'm doing that, it's an iced tea. It's a water. It's chips and soda, you know. All my friends were like that growing up. The girls used to make fun of, my, of us, you know what I mean? Every other friend's group, they watch football. They're getting, we're getting beers and, you know drinking and you know me and all my, my six friends were very very you know we all played we're all into football we're getting 12 packs of soda <laughs> to watch the football game it's weird we drank but we drink when we go out basically we're drinking for a party aka looking for pockets out there you know that's that's what we're drinking for we're not necessarily drinking just to sit around and you know wasting time having a couple of beers but um so where are we at so I start working out. That's the idea. I usually try to lose between 20 and 40 pounds for these cruises. Right now, where I'm at is I started three months out. And the goal was to get to 219 pounds. That's not going to happen. I've been fluctuating with the jobs, which has made the gym situation a little bit wacky. All of it is excuses. Yes, I know that. If there is a will, there is a way. And if I was stronger, I would have been able to pull it off. But no, I'm a little human. And I will say that. Addiction, while we're talking about addiction. My one addiction, if I can say I have an addiction, it's probably food. So I, I eat. I like to eat, man. I really just like to eat. That's all I could tell you. Uh, so that is what I have to battle. Right now, so I started at 269, I think. Right now, I'm at 245. I wanted to take the three months and get down to 219. Yes, that's kind of dramatic, but it's not really that dramatic. You know, it's, what is it? Six, six, two, four, six. Wait, hold on. 30, 40, 50, 60. So it's, it's almost 40 pounds, right? It's kind of dramatic, but where it's going to end up is probably... I'm guessing, so I weighed myself today after the gym, hadn't had eaten yet, 
242. So I'm pretty confident that I'll be able to see I want my record for the last 10 years is 229. I want to beat that. So I think two, somewhere between 225 and 230 is where I'm going to be. And that'll be pretty good for me. That'll be strong. I mean, it's, I'm still overweight and out of shape, but it's pretty good for me. And we'll see where we end up with that. Some of this, So that's a ritual that I have is to try to take a cruise diet. And again, it's for because, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, because I'm going to, you know, wow all the ladies because of this new physique I have. No, it's because I think I feel good. I think I feel good when I'm lighter. When I, if I'm if I'm gonna go to the Caribbean and I'm I feel a little bit uh, have a feeling of being lighter, there's more energy there. You can take in and enjoy the things a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? And if you are gonna tax yourself and do a whole lot of boozing, you know that's the right palate. The other thing I got going, they arrived today. Yesterday they arrived. The juice cleanse that's happening Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So. You're not going to want to be around me for those days is all I could say. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'm doing the juice cleanse, and I'm not eating anything. I've done it twice before. The first time, it was very rough. The second time, it was still rough, but not quite as rough. The first time, by day three, there was like actual real physical hunger pains. But we're moving on from that. Hopefully, you know, this third time will be even easier than the last time, but we will see. Um, What else do I do? I like to take, you know, and I started... This I started already. I like to take Airborne a few weeks out. And just kind of because everybody knows and talks about the cruise ship being a Petri dish and such a controlled area and such a small area that viruses or, or people who get sick, it can spread. Uh, you know, just to kind of get that immune system going to where you feel a little bit good and, you know, somebody sneezes, you're not going to come down for it, come down with it automatically. You know, you want to put yourself in the best position to, I guess, you know, boost that immune system because of the fact that everybody, I only got, I, I feel like I got sick once after a, after a cruise and it was just a cold, a standard cold I got after the Horizon cruise um, with Stu when we went to the Southern Caribbean. That At that time, I got a little sick, but that was pretty much it. What else do I like to do? I like to very often get on the ship. Now, I don't pack until the night before. I just don't. I don't know why. I just don't. I don't like my clothes just sitting in a suitcase for weeks at a time. So I pack the night before. But what I usually go on the ship with is unopened packages of socks and underwear. Nothing feels better to me than being at sea, being out on a cruise ship, and that fresh water, you come back from the gym, you take your shower, and you're putting on never-before underwear, socks, and wife beaters. Should I say why? I can't say wife beater anymore, right? Not allowed to say that. You can't say guinea tees, right? You can't. What do you call freaking t-shirts? Why is it just, why are these t-shirts just have nothing but slanderous, politically incorrect names to them? You guys know what I'm talking about, all right? So that's what it is. So I do that. I, I, I buy a new packaged underwear and hoser hoser hosiery hosiery hoosiers whatever they call um so that's what i do for that what else do i do as far as far as a um i get my playlist going i try to make sure that there's a good go-to cruise playlist uh i'm a weirdo i'll say this i like to sleep to like nice slow country music (laughs) 
when I go to bed, I put on like really slow Kenny Chesney music or like, you know, I have a mix, you know, all the country slow jams. I have volumes one, two, and three. So I put them on and go to sleep to them. If I don't go to sleep to a podcast, um, it's just nice. You're out at sea. You have the uh, waves kind of, you feel the boat moving a little bit and you got a little country music. Um, I'm thinking about for this cruise, ladies and gentlemen, I'm thinking about bringing the visor back. Remember the visor was hot in the nineties, the, the, the regular, you know, just the rim of the hat and the Velcro in the back. And it's the regular visor. I haven't decided what I'm going to go with, but I'm thinking about bringing that back into fashion for, tw- for this new decade. We're heading into a new decade and I, and I'll don't, don't underestimate me. Don't act like I can't single-handedly go on this cruise and bring the visor back. And I'm, I'm let's see if we could do that. But uh, I'm deciding to go from that to um, or a cowboy hat, like a like a saltwater country cowboy hat, one of those like straw type ones, not like a you know, not like a like a like a like a old school redneck one, but like one of those Kenny Chesney ones that he wears. That's like kind of we'll see. I mean, do you guys really? <laughs> I'm talking like you care about my headwear, but I'm talking to K today, and I'm like, I don't know, and I'm trying to think what I should go with. I'm thinking about going with the visor or go with the cowboy hat look. And she's like, well, it is an eight-day cruise. And I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? And she goes, well, you can wear different things different days. That's what it has to do. I'm like, well, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. All right. So I'm trying to figure out what it Can you guys tell I'm excited about this cruise? So let's talk about some of the reasons why we're excited. Obviously, again, the first point of attack is that this is the perfect itinerary that I'm looking for. The ship was picked and selected by design because I want there to be a lot, a little amount to do on the ship, barring us hanging out with each other and enjoying the cruise ship and the ports. Um, I'm also excited on, about the fact that um, it's an eight-day cruise, and the last year or so, have been nothing but little mini getaways, so I'm excited to get back into the fold as far as doing an unpacking, getting this workmanlike unpacking, and getting the damn suitcase under that friggin' bed. Guys, if you don't understand how important it is to put the suitcase under the bed, I don't know what to tell you. The bed is lifted and elevated with plenty of room underneath it for that purpose. So do not have this crazy, wacky, random suitcase taking up space in your room. I'm not gonna, I won't have it. I can't have it. I can't have you doing that. So let's make sure the suitcase gets under the bed. Both of you, whoever's in the room, you got plenty of room enough to do it. Make sure it's under there. And then when you unpack, you don't like sit around, talk, have a conversation, sit down, maybe pour a drink, watch a little bit of the onboard, you know, stuff that comes on. You know, no. This is, we're not messing around here. You have a mustard drill coming up soon. You want to look at the ship. You want to explore. You got to be workmanlike when you unpack. Okay, I want those socks in that drawer. Okay, don't look around. Don't pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. Get those damn socks in the drawer. Get those shirts hung up. I don't know if you folded them. I don't know if they're on a hanger, but make sure they're taken care of right away. You look at your cruise mate, your cabin mate. If you have cruised with them often, you already know who's got what sections. But if you don't, establish that quickly. Okay, hey. You know, because they're probably going to be messing around. Whoever you're cruising with, they're probably going to be wasting time. I'm the same. When you get on the cruise ship, you turn on the TV. Is there anything more exciting than when you see start and start to see the instructions come on? You know, and start to see the shore excursions and, you know, the, the advertisements for those crazy channels that the cruise ships have. Maybe a little cricket you see on there. You get all fired up. But they're going to be doing that. You let them do that. That's amateurish. You start claiming your territory. Hey, these two shelves of mine, you got the two bottom ones, all right? 
Oh, this is the closet. I'm on the right side. I made room for you on the left side, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Done. Bathroom. Get on the right. Get a carnival. I like the way they have it laid out. Just the two sides. You can put all your stuff on one side. She or he puts all the other stuff on the other side, and you're all set. So get that packing in your rear view, just like the mustard drill. You want that stuff in the rear view. Now, I would also say you got to do a workman-like expeditious tour of the cruise ship. But this, this is the adventure of the seas. This is Royal Caribbean. There's no mystery of the layout of Royal Caribbean, how it is. If you've been on Independence of the Seas, if you've been on, um, you know, anywhere from Voyager to Freedom Class, you don't really have to necessarily do a ship tour if you retain the information of what's on that ship. You know where everything is. You know what I'm saying? It's a matter of whether or not they have that secret passage door from the promenade down into the casino. I like that little freaking spiral staircase. It's like a cute little spiral staircase they put in the in the uh, promenade, right? Oh, what do you got? We got jewelry here. We got drinks here. We got the cafe here. Oh, and by the way, why don't you slip into this little hole and fall into the casino? I'm surprised they don't use fire hose, fire, firehouse poles. Where you could just jump in there and slide down the firehouse pole. Oh, boom. When you go to the casino, you hear that noise. Sounds like everybody's winning a ton of money, right? Yeah, it's kind of the opposite usually. But either way. All right, so another reason I'm excited, so excited about this cruise is because of the Elvis situation. We found out recently that there is an Elvis group cruise within this cruise. And boy, oh boy. We realize that we are not privy to a lot of the concerts and shows that they're going to be doing throughout the cruise. But A, we do think we might be able to barge our way into them. B, we do think a lot of those same same performers are going to be doing performances on karaoke. And C, we do know that there is going to be a performance from the Elvises or an Elvi or, an, or one of the El- Elvi. On the last sea day. On the pool deck. So either way there's going to be some Elvising going on. And where there's Elvises. There's Priscilla. So hopefully there's a lot of ladies running around this cruise ship. Looking to have some fun. And maybe you know. Whatever. Get a. As Doug said. Get a hunk of burning love. (laughs) So then. While we're in the group, uh, the the group, I've been active in the group. I've been active in, you know, I'm not talking about the Pirates and Pier Runners group. I'm talking about the all the um, Adventure of the Seas January 18th official group. And I've been active in there just because, you know, Marty inspires me. I see how Marty, I'm not going to, I'm never going to be as good as Marty. Marty is the guy in there that's firing everybody up. He comes with jello shots and people, you know, it's smart, it's smooth, and it's a good way to enhance your cruise. I don't do that. I do it with information. I went ahead and looked up the neighboring cruise ships. I mean, who am I going to get with that? Who's going to get hooked in by that? Look at this loser looking up. He knows every ship that's in port with us. If you're not a really dialed-in cruiser, I don't know. That's a mistake by me. I don't have cruise. I don't have game like that. You know what I mean? I'm trying to put stuff up there. Hey, guys, did you know who the assistant cruise director is? We got Joe from Jerkoff. What do you think? We care about that? Just shut up. Stop giving me alert every time, you know, you get an announcement. The main maitre d' has just been announced. <laughs> Can't help it. I'm not cool. I'm not a cruise cool guy. I get excited about this stuff. I want to know. I'm, I'm making friends with the piano player already. 
We're talking, you know. I'm like, give me a scoop, man. Tell me something, man. Give me anything. He's like, uh, I heard the quest was fun. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. You got nothing for me. <sighs> All right, fine, whatever. I did find out the guitar player, and we are big fans of the English pub. And this guy, I think he's going to be better than Judge Joe Brown. Judge Joe Brown is not. Judge Joe Brown is just a nickname we gave to the guy on the uh, Freedom of the Seas when we went. His name was John Brown or something like that. I think it was John Brown or something to the effect of Jerry Brown or John Brown. Automatically to us, he was Judge Joe Brown from then on. That's that's all I could tell you. So aside from the Elvises, I'm in the group. I'm mixing her up. I'm giving people information. I'm thinking I'm being helpful. I'm really probably being annoying. Whatever. It is what it is. I am who I am. You know what I mean? I find out that somebody is going to be, her name is Anne, and she's going to be with a group of 60 people. Now, I don't know how, as a middle-aged adult, you end up with 60 people together to cruise with and go nuts with and drink. She goes, we are a group of 60 adults, and we are friends, and we're just going to come on the cruise, and we, what we do is we enjoy lots of drinking and crass humor. I'm like, is this a joke? Are you kidding me? So that's going to be a fun time. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be a great time. We're going to, I don't know, maybe we don't see them the whole cruise. But again, you know, like I said, you can't predict things. And I've been back and forth with Ann a little bit, messaging on Facebook. And she seems like, you know, she's out tonight. She told me I got to go because 45 of us are getting a party bus for no damn reason but to go out and drink. I'm like, where are you? Where do you, up in Minnesota or something? I don't know what the hell's going on, but she's coming with 60 people. And they all drink and party. So I don't know, man. There's a lot of things. Again, this freaking boat can sink, knock on wood. But a lot of things are aligning for this thing to be great. I got Joe on. Joe in. Joe signed on for the cruise. How great is that? Joe's in the mix. Shout out to Joe. Blue Martini last night. I DJed last night. Let me explain something to you about last night. I got to tell you. I was on my game last night, DJing. We were kicking people out of there at 3 in the morning. Normally, it's a, we had a good night last night. I don't know. You know what? Sometimes, you just, you, sometimes you're just really good, but then sometimes you just get hot for a night. Blue Martini still trying to find my real range. You know what I'm saying? A, a party bar DJ trying to find my way in the nightclub. And it's hit or miss sometimes. Let's call last night a hit. Tonight, last night was definitely a hit. So that's pretty much it. We are, uh, we're pumped. We're pumped and we're putting things in place. I've started to put down the schedule for what we're going to do as far as the members members of our group crews or any else, anyone else who wants to join. Main one being the St. Thomas situation. So what it, what, are we, what we're going to do is basically San Juan... I'm sorry, Labadee is the first stop. I think that is 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. San Juan is the second stop, which is 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. And you always got to like a 10 p.m. sail away, which is a kind of conflict because I kind of want to go heavy with booze. When you when you get to stay in port and drink a little bit in port, you want to take advantage of that when you're there till 7 p.m. I'm sorry, 10 p.m. But then... The very next day, as it always is, followed by St. Thomas, and that's the crown jewel, and that's 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So 
I already planned out that day. Hopefully, there's a lot of people that are going to join us. And then you have St. Martin the following day, which is a little weird, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., which we'll have to factor into some of the stuff that we were talking about doing or I will start talking about doing. So what I wanted to do was cover the ports of call on this sailing. And, you know, I've done port profiles on pretty much most of these. Let me take a sip here. No chip. Everybody calm down. There's no chip. All right. So we're going to start with Puerto Rico. Now, first and foremost with Puerto Rico, you do not want to miss the sail in. Okay? Do not miss the sail into Puerto Rico. People overrated. People underrated. People are busy. People are thinking, you know what? Let me handle my laundry. You know, when are we getting into port? Uh, okay, we're getting in at 1. Okay, so from... Noon to 2, I could go off doing something else. No. At 1 o'clock, you want to be on the freaking Lido deck. And you want to be enjoying that sailing. Man, I'm so pumped up. We got a balcony. And I'm so pumped up that it is on the 6th floor, nice and close to the water. Can't wait. Um, So, when you sail into San Juan, man, I remember that was my first, very first ever sail into any port whatsoever in life. And... That was my first time, I think it was my first time leaving the country, if I'm not mistaken. And I was thrown off. I was not thrown off in such a good way. Just looking at El Maro, that, that, that fort, and realizing that, yes, you are actually not home. You have gone somewhere. And it's such a cool vibe and sailing past that fort. And even when you flank it along the side of it, you can get some really, really good pictures of that fort as you're sailing in. And then when you make it all the way into the harbor, you'll probably <coughs> at some point come upon an airplane that's going to be landing in that airport that's right there. And you get a perfect view of that as well. Now, as I said, I've done a port profile on pretty much all of these ports except Labadee. But so in this case, I wanted to maybe touch briefly on some of those things and some of those options, but fly through them. Uh, but also talk about some things that I haven't talked about and maybe some off the beaten path stuff. So let's start with Puerto Rico and we'll talk about the basics. Now, Old San Juan, aside from my first ever time doing it, going to the Bacardi house, uh, I haven't done anything. We'll talk about that in a minute too. But I haven't done anything besides walk around Old San Juan for a couple of reasons because that's really such a fun thing to do and such an enjoyable thing to do that I really haven't wanted for anything else yet so far in Puerto Rico. At this, at this time, though, I feel like I am. I feel like I'm finally wanting to maybe experience something else or do something else. So when you talk about the basics, what do you mean? You have the two forts. You have Cristobal, El Moro, um, you have the food. That's the other thing. The food in Puerto Rico of all the ports of call, that is my favorite place to eat. You have the mafango. You have the paella. You have the tripleta. You have all sorts of delicious food that, you know, you can get it in the States a lot of times, but it just simply does not. The plantains, plantanos, how do you say it? Uh, the seafood, it's all so freaking good. Oh, that pork chop that they pound out and put extra salt on. And it's like oversized, like a signature Puerto Rican dish. I forgot what it's called, but, um, you know, they have it at Racy's. Uh, 
But it's so good. The food there is so good no matter what you get. But you want to do the basics. They have the walking tours. You have the forts. You have the uh, market that's right next to the port. Uh, They have that street with the cobblestone streets, first of all. Great for photo opportunities for the gram. You have the umbrellas, the the street that has the umbrellas at the top of the, you know, almost like you're under a canopy of umbrellas. Uh, They have that little square where they have all the pigeons. If you pull out, God forbid, you pull out a sunflower seed, you'll have 96 pigeons crapping on you. I don't know the attraction of that. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm not here to judge the way people cruise or the way people enjoy San Juan. But going into a square and being attacked like uh, a bunch of pigeons, like, uh, you know, Macaulay Conkin and My Girl, that's not my idea of fun. Another thing in that area, Baracinos, that is the place that claims to have invented the pina colada. Where, you know, you, you know, I mean, I'm not a craft cocktail guy. I'm a have a drink to get me where I'm going guy. But I had this pina colada. If they didn't invent it, they certainly made it better. Because that was the most delicious pina colada I've ever had. It was like literally eating fresh pineapple with a drink. It was so delicious. Um, Some of the off the beaten stuff that we've talked about, uh, one thing I think, and this is the thing that I, the thing that I think we're gonna do, they have something in Puerto Rico called the Pork Highway. That's right, I said the Pork Highway. Uh, there's a few different places that you can go to. There's a string of, uh, I, I forgot what they're called. There's something. They're places that sell pork. But they get the whole pig, they chop it up, they make it deliciously tender, they do it right in front of you. It's very, very fresh, and they have live music. Uh, really, really nice. And it is a, uh, it's it's some it's something that I'm very, very much looking forward to. Uh, being a foodie and, and already in loving the crap out of all things food, Puerto Rico. I think that we start the day by hitting up that pork highway, uh, the Guavate. I think that's called. I don't know if that's the name of a... No, the Guavate is the pork highway of Puerto Rico. And one of the places that have been recommended is El Rancho de Apa. So we're definitely going to check that out at some point. And that's how you could start the day. You know what I mean? Get out. If you've been to San Juan a bunch of times, get out of there for a little while and check something else out. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, a little bit more on the, I guess, the cultural experience. The, um, the, 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 the the natives you know we actually have you know chris and jonathan are both of puerto rican descent jonathan is from puerto rico we visited jonathan while he was still living there one year on one of our cruises in 2015 we went to san juan and he greeted us and hung out with us now he's living in the states and he's going back with us so he's going to take us uh for a tour and all the places that we want to go that's got to be cool for him that's got to be an interesting vibe right you know you're uh, living in the states and you started a new life for yourself and then you know what the cruise that we're going on just happens to take you back to where you grew up in your home and all the people that you're cruising with are going to come with you to basically your town so that's got to be an interesting kind of vibe and an interesting uh, dynamic for him but um there's other things too so there's this place called toro verde adventure park now, it's about an hour and 10 minutes away from the cruise terminal, but it looks life-changing. It has a series of zip lines that it was actually featured on Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Fallon did it. I mean, he's out of his mind, but I mean, I don't know if I would do this. It is like a two-and-a-half-mile 
90 mile per hour, up to 90 mile per hour speeds, Superman style zip line through just unbelievable valleys and and, and, and ridiculous tree above trees. You are way, way up there. I don't care what is strapped to you. Jumping off that little, I guess, platform is going to take some balls. Would I do it? I guess I'd probably do it. You know what I mean? It's a zip line, right? You got to do it. But I would be terrified. But it does really look like something that looks incredible. And anytime, listen, I'm not going to skydive. I just always go back to that Will Smith little piece what he said. He's a quote by Will Smith. He talks about when he went skydiving. And he talks about the whole story and how it was and how at the end of it, how life-changing it was. And he just left it with the term saying, Everything you want, everything in life that's worth living for, your dreams, all that you're pursuing, it's there. It's just right on the other side of fear. So that's something I'll be taking into consideration. You know, I don't think we'll end up out there on this cruise, but it is out there. There's this ridiculous, and they have multiple. They have especially the one called the Monster. If you want to go to a crazy extreme zip line, go to Toro Verde Adventure Park and hit up the monster. Now, getting back to the Bacardi factory, Casa Bacardi. I went there nine, eight, nine years ago, and I'll tell you right now, it was totally underwhelming. It was my first cruise, so maybe there were aspects of it I missed. It was my first excursion. It was my first time ever getting off the ship from being on a ship for the first time. So who knows? I'm not going to sit here and tell you. But my experience was is that it was a little bit of a money grab, and they flow you through real quick. You look through the glass, it's the, the, the distillery, and then you end up in a gift shop spending money. Uh the, the So I've talked shit about it for the last eight years. Now, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you've done this lately, hit me up because I'm starting to hear some chatter, some chatter about what it is now. And I'm seeing some cooler things like actual going into the, the distillery tours. I'm seeing the whole where you can uh, take a mixology course. I'm seeing uh, real cool graphics about getting your own bottle. Uh, other things too. I'm, other things that are making it cooler than it than I remember it being when I went there. So let me know, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let me know what you think of the Bacardi, the Casa Bacardi, and let us know if it's um, if it's worthwhile. It's about 20 minutes from the port. There's excursions for it, or you can just take a cab there. Whatever you'd like to do. Uh, there's a couple of things that are a little too far. Now, you might say they're too far. At one point when I go to San Juan, I want to do this. I want to rent a car and I want to do a lap around the whole island. Now, if you're a new cruiser or if you've not worn out the path between you and San Juan, San Juan at this point, you're not even thinking about this stuff. But once you start doing San Juan a bunch of times, you want to expand out there. There's some cool stuff to do that's on the other side of the island. You have the Playita ocean water pool it's two hours away um i can't say that hard pronouncing the name but what it is there's this ocean water pool it's an area of san uh, puerto rico it's not san juan an area of puerto rico where they can't seem to get a beach going because of all the vegetation that grows so what they did was basically build a pool out of the ocean 
and they fenced off anything from being able to get in there. They cleaned the water. Well, actually, it's not clean. The water can flow through. It's just any, I guess, fish or any, you know, aquatic wildlife can't make their way into the pool. But you can basically jump in. They created a border around the ocean so that you can swim in an ocean, actual ocean pool. That is also near the salt flats. Uh, the salt flats are a cool thing to experience, really cool pictures. There's a lighthouse out there where you can get picturesque view of the Puerto Rican landscape. Really cool stuff. There's a town called Rincon out there that's two hours away that has some really cool hotels with some, like, there's this one hotel that they have that you can literally basically get out of your room and your terrace is a balcony. Looks really, really cool. And then there's a place, this food truck. The food truck is called La Comida de Mi Vecina. It's also two hours away. So all these things are like a lot of, they're, they're, they're scattered around the perimeter of the island. And I'm not saying we're going to do this this time or that you should. But one of these days, I'm going to rent a freaking car. And we're just going to explore the perimeter of the island. We're going to see all the different beached kind of, I guess, neighborhoods. And look at some of this stuff that is out there that is beyond the walls of San Juan and what San Juan is. But that's pretty much it. Like I said, a lot of it is the basics. The two main takeaways that I'll say is definitely the pork highway. I'm definitely going to try that. I also think it's worth looking into, maybe getting some reviews on the book, uh, Casa Bacardi. Uh, the Adventure Park, absolutely, is something that, you know, it is an hour, an hour and ten minutes away. But... If you're feeling really adventurous, definitely do that. Oh, and I left that El Yunque. El Yunque. Um, it's a national forest. It's about 45 minutes away from the port, and it's got really cool waterfalls you can climb. You know, since Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory at this time, it is the only tropical rainforest in the Americas, in the in on the under the United States. So. It's really, really cool, and I think that's where the uh, cave is that leads out to that open, I guess, the window. The window to the valley, uh, just a really cool thing you could check out. So El Enuque, El Enuque, <laughs> I'm so sorry, uh, <clears throat> is a cool option to go to as well. Now, it may not be as cool for this sailing because I think that's something you want to make sure that you get maximum daylight for. And if we're getting in at 1 o'clock, you're going to get off the ship by 2. <clears throat> you won't get there till 3, couple hours of daylight. So I may recommend that that's not good for this trip, but in the trips to come. Uh, and then the basics, like I said, definitely eat the food. Definitely walk around Old San Juan if you have the time because we're going to do that again for the ninth time probably. At this point, we're going to go go to the pork highway, get all filled up with pork, enjoy some music, maybe have a little a little rum out there. And then make our way back and then walk it off and check out the city and get some pictures. Check out the fort and do our usual little lap around San Juan. Again, like I said, my strategy is to not over booze in San Juan. It sucks because it's such a fun place to drink. But again, let's take us to the very next day, which is the Crown Jewel Port of Call and the Crown Jewel Excursion, in my mind, for my money, which is going to be St. Thomas. So St. Thomas, you have your standards there as well. Everybody talks about Megan's Bay Beach. Uh, everybody talks about the, you know, Megan's Bay Beach. Look at it. Look at some of those pictures. It's just amazing. The blue water, the horseshoe-shaped beach. It's amazing. 
And uh, then you have the St. John day trip. People have told me forever about how great this is and go to Trunk Bay. I just am not necessarily the biggest beach person. But Trunk Bay, you know, you got to take a ferry over to St. John. And basically what you're doing is getting another island. You know, people live on St. John. St. John, while not nearly as big as St. Thomas, it does have a bustling, uh, you know, infrastructure there of people who live work play drink eat and socialize so st john you take a a ferry over there and you go to trunk bay which between that and megan's bay in this portion of the world some of the nicest beaches you can ever see that are always featured in all these travel features uh, travel documentaries you'll see megan's bay megan's bay has gotten a lot of love from the travel you know the travel documentaries and the travel channels and the discovery channel what have you they're always regarded in the top 10 beaches you'll see again maybe as people you know start to consider the caribbean a little bit more maybe uh you know i guess overrun through cruise ships or people who just so they start talking about more remote locations you know fiji and you know crazy places that are you know far away but i think that they still remain they should be at the top of that list really really cool um beaches but also you have haven site which is a great place to shop uh you have Paradise Point, which if you get off the ship, you're right there and you can go up in that little cable car and then get incredible. I mean, that might be up there. There's so many places that you can elevate. Me, if you're in St. Thomas, it's about elevating. It's about getting up there and seeing and taking in, breathing in that air, looking at just imagery that you would only really see on a screensaver or a postcard and getting up there with the right group of people with the right little maybe a little mini buzz going you really really enjoy it so i recommend doing that and making sure that you get up there get a little elevation in your life when you're in st thomas now let's talk about eating and drinking in st thomas something i've never done is really just hung out and spent a day at red hook i really want to do that it's about 30 minutes 35 minutes from the port easy taxi run you could take a safari taxi there that's where you would actually go if you were going to do the the day trip to st john but they have nice beaches out there secret harbors out there sapphire beaches out there but they have some really cool you know modern-ish type of bars and restaurants they have a whole scene out there a lot of people go out there to red hook and they stay there and that's where their vacation is um you have the island time pub which has salad and uh, pizza and some pub food. You have uh, lattes in paradise, which is exactly what it sounds like—a bit of a cafe. You have the tap and still. They have one in Haven site, but they put one in Red Hook as well. And that's a gastro pub. You have your burgers and what have you there. You have Duffy's Lug Shack, Love Shack, which is a, I guess, a charming little dive bar that they have out there. And here's something that I am going to try to do. I do not know if I can. I do not know if it'll happen by any stretch. But there's a place called Pizza Pie. And I've seen these people featured on Travel Channel documentaries. It's a husband and wife couple that wanted to move to St. Thomas. They did so. They bought a boat. They made the boat into a pizzeria. And it is a pizzeria on water. Now, if there's a way I can get a jet ski out there, I will do so and pull up next to that boat and get a pizza pie. I'm totally pumped to do that. It's definitely something that's a high priority on the list. So the schedule is, and I'm not going to go through the whole run, 
in long terms and wax poetically about it like I've done. Boom. Off the ship, badass coffee. Couple of minutes of badass coffee to a local watering hole. Get picked up by the safari taxi. Go on the amazing St. Thomas mountaintop run. And then end it back in the turtle bay. Turtle, turtle, um, I'm sorry, the, um, the, uh, Red Hook area. So, what, uh, and then what we'll do there is we'll have a good, you know, hour and a half to three hours of time there, depending upon how bulls you are as far as <laughs> being afraid of getting left on, left by the ship. But uh, I can tell you we're going to be pushing that to the limit. Not everybody has to. But uh, while we're there, yeah, have a couple of drinks, do a little bit of bar hopping, and then I want to see if there's any possibility I can get out to that pizza pie area. Now, if you also want to eat and you don't want to go that far, very, very close to the port is Frenchtown. Frenchtown, though, is not as, let's call it, rustic and, you know, modern American as it is over in Red Hook. This is a little bit more uh, upscale-y, a little more with the seafood, a little bit more on the French side. You have the Twisted Cork Seafood and Wine Restaurant. You have Oceana Restaurant and Bistro, which is also seafood. You have the Side Street Pub. And you have the Frenchtown Deli. Look at them. There's other places. Those are just some of the ones of note that I've seen through my research. That's the food and the drinks over there in St. Thomas. Again, there's all sorts of stuff you could do. If you want to stay in the port and Haven site, you have Blackbeard's Castle. You can just stay in the port. If you haven't been to St. Thomas, you can just chill out and hang out and uh, go up to Paradise Point, come back down, go to Blackbeard's Castle, do some shopping in Havensite, eat and drink a little bit at the port spots in the area. No more senior frogs. That's a sad thing, guys. Senior frogs got hurricaned out. Very, very sad. Always a popular stop and a mandatory stop was St. Thomas. Actually met some good friends that I still am with today based on staff that's out there. Uh, that's, that's out. Senior frogs is gone. But, uh, what else can you do in St. Thomas? You got the beaches. You know, the main notable beaches is uh, are Megan's Bay, the Trunk Bay that you have to take the ferry for. You have Lundquist Beach. You have Secret Harbor Beach. You have uh, a couple other options. And then you also have um, Cokie Beach. Now, the Cokie Beach option is interesting because you could pair that up, and Cokie Beach is out of control. Now, I'll say the thing about Cokie Beach is it's a little bit sometimes, you know, you go through a little bit of a dicey area when you get there. I've gone through it and haven't had any problems, no issues whatsoever. But you get there and it's fine. It's very, very well lit. Public beach. Plenty of people around. But, you know, maybe on the way there you don't necessarily get out to change the tire or, uh, you know, talk to any strangers. <laughs> but uh, the beach is gorgeous. And then also right there is Coral World. I always have trouble saying Coral World. Just like I have trouble saying Brewery. I did it good that time, right? Brewery. I'm on my game right now. All right, so Coral World is a um, it, it, it's an aquarium, so uh, you could check that out too as well. Uh, what else do they have? Uh, they have a thing called Tree Lemon, Tree Lemon, Lemon. It's an extreme zip line. It's 12 minutes away from the port, and this is pretty much the go-to canopy tour. This is where you have a bunch of different zip lines. I mean, I'm not into that. I don't need to do a canopy tour. Scare the crap out of me with one big, long, death-defying zip line and call it a day. I don't need to stop, readjust. I don't need to be rolling the dice on my life 16,000 times so I can look at the top of a couple of trees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I was looking on the cruise planner, so... On the cruise planner, 
some of the things that you could do. Then I just pulled out a couple of note. You know, you have your regular stuff that you could do. All the basic scuba, snorkeling. You have your food tours, your eating tours. You have your beach breaks and shopping. Um, you have your Contiki booze cruise, which is a hit or miss. You could do those. Those are cool. You go on a big kind of like river riverboat type thing, and they play reggae music. They'll have dancing, and then you could eat and drink. Now, that's a roll of the dice. The only reason that's a roll of the dice is... Is because of the fact that, you know, it's all about the people that end up on that thing. You know what I mean? If you get a good group, you're good. If you get a bunch of wackos and it's a mess, or if there's a bunch of, no offense, sorry. If there's a bunch of kids running around, you know, and it becomes more of a, you know, playful family type thing, eh, it's you take it or leave it. But if you get the right crew of people on there, it could be a lot of fun. And here's one thing that I thought was most interesting out of the stuff on the cruise planner. You take a schooner. To Christmas and Honeymoon Cove. You could snorkel there. You get beach time. There's a lunch. You get local libations. And for 120 bucks, they'll take you to both of those locations. And you could spend the whole day. That actually seems cool. I'm not doing it, but it does seem cool. All right. Any questions on St. Thomas, feel free to hit me up. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Do the same if you have any suggestions, let's get into St. Martin. St. Martin, we'll go through it quick too. It's got the two sides, Dutch and French. It is the smallest mass of land that has two separate countries. Not that very similar that has, you know, Espanola Island uh, is shared by Haiti and Dominican Republic. This one is actually smaller. We're not going to spend a lot of time. We've done that before. You can go back into past episodes and get port profiles, deep port profiles on St. Martin and find out what I think and the highlights are there. Uh, We've done all that stuff. But, you know, we want to talk about, first and foremost at the top, I'll say it, it is a repeat. But if you take any cab, this is where they have St. Thomas beat by a long shot. Cabs and transportation over there. It almost seems like every cab ride is a tour operator. I think they're very, very, they walk a very, very fine line between you just getting in a cab to go somewhere and something that you're signing up for, which is an island tour, because they both do both. You know what I'm saying? Like you get in a cab ride, which I've done, and I've heard every single cab driver just gush about how much they love their island and how proud of their island that they are. It really is cool to listen to them talk and wax poetically. I of what you thought would be annoyed, I one time did a day trip. Well, I'm not going to get into it, do it fast, but I got trapped with a tour with a cab. I got in a cab. I got trapped behind a drawbridge, and they rolled they rolled about forty gorgeous million multi million dollar yachts, sail yachts through the bridge, and. This guy was like just going off, telling me about every boat. Oh, would you look at that one? She's a beauty. That one's worth at least four and a half million. Look at the sail on that one. Look at the look at the the bow on that one. That one was made. He was giving me basically a door. He could have been full of crap too. Wouldn't have known the difference. This was just a cab driver. He just kept me up the whole time, entertained, telling me about the island and how much he appreciated his island. So take advantage of that if you have the opportunity to do it. So Great Bay Beach, I mean, everything you need is pretty much right there. The First of all, the cruise port in St. Martin, 
most elaborate cruise port of all of them. If you just don't even leave the port, you could probably have some fun. But then when you do that, you go over to Great Bay Beach, and you do not have to get in a cab. You don't have to take a water taxi. We got beat by the water taxi too the first time. Seven bucks. Yeah, we gotta get. To, we'll take you to. We'll take you to downtown. Seven bucks. We get in. Give them the seven bucks. Meanwhile, probably would have taken quicker time to walk, but uh, it's fine. Uh, the other stuff in St. Martin, everybody does the shopping. Now, in that area, Great Bay Beach, you have water sports on the beach. You have a boardwalk with really good restaurants and bars. You have a ton of shopping. Everything you want to do there. Don't miss the Yoda shop, the Yoda guy, Star Wars memorabilia in that area. Uh, people love to do Maho Beach. Again, you're not talking about a beautiful, pristine beach as much as just an area to see where all those planes land. I mean, the beach is gorgeous, you know, by standards of where we live, most of us. But, you know, by standards of most of the beaches that are going to be in that area, you know, that's the place to be. Grand Case is a place that people just glow about. People I have not been there uh, at all. Not that I know of, I don't think. I may have stopped by there on a tour and not even known. Orient Beach, beautiful place. Orient Bay Beach, uh, it was a little bit down on its luck after the hurricane, but I've been hearing and seeing evidence that it's kind of coming back a little bit every month. So that's cool. I mean, it's all, you got to remember, Orient Beach is half naked beach. So. Uh, half the one side is naked. You see, uh, man balls and ass hanging around. And, you know, if you're, if you're with kids and, you know, you're bringing your family and you don't want them to get a, you know, little advanced, uh, sex education where you got to start explaining things to them for the rest of the cruise, uh, maybe skip Orient Bay Beach, but it is probably, I'd have to say probably the nicest beach I've ever been to. If just, you're just talking about the beach itself. The landscape, um, the the water, everything, pound for pound. Koki had the best. Koki and St. Thomas had the most clearest water. But as far as just the most beautiful beach I've ever been to, and I'm no beach expert, we know that. Uh, Orient Beach for me has to take take the cake. Uh, it's about twenty. Uh, it's about twenty minutes from the port. All right, here's <clears throat> two things that I discovered on St. Martin that. Honestly, I was kind of thrown off by that I didn't know were out there that I think are absolutely cool. And both of them, I'm actually sitting here considering doing them. The first one, Lottery Farms. It's a remote little spot about 25 minutes from the port. Now, there's a mystery to this place a little bit. I don't know what the hell they got going on there. Some of the YouTube videos, they look calm and serene and casual. Some of the YouTube videos, there is a, you know, hot persons only pool party going on. And then one of the videos I saw was literally from the freaking venue that was borderline creepy in the description. It was this island voice, voiceover. And it was like, let me ask you, the dream you had last night. And he just, it just, the, the vo- it was just really weird, but. I'm still thinking about doing it besides that because besides that fact because it just looks like your own little private oasis. It really looks like a tucked away. I'm thinking about the beach 
Leonardo DiCaprio's movie, it looked like that type of hideaway. It's got cabanas, it's got zip line, it's got a pool, it's got a cool, really cool vibe to it. And that's Lottery Farms. It's really hard for me to describe it. I would suggest maybe looking it up. Uh, maybe, and I suggested to Anne in the in the other group, that big group, I was like, this thing has you guys written all over it because I could see you guys just kind of coming in and taking over this place. I know they have DJs there sometimes. I know they have sometimes where they pump up the energy there, but it just looks like a real cool, what would you call it, an oasis, a very private looking, you know, a lot of shade in certain areas, but there's plenty of sun if you want it. Uh, like I said, the cabanas that are elevated that overlook the pool area. You could tell that there's a lot of wildlife. You'll probably see some wild geckos and, you know, reptiles running around. And it just looked kind of trippy too as well. I don't really know if I'm describing it properly, but I would recommend going on and checking out Lottery Farm. Uh, what else? That's it. Uh, also, in St. Martin, something that I want to do this. I don't know if I have the balls to do it, but I want to do it. It's called Rainforest Adventures. It's literally 10 to 15 minutes away from the port. And they have a feature there. And if you get the right package, it's called The Big Three. <sighs> this thing is called The Schooner, The Flying Dutch Dutchman, and The Zipline Canopy Tour. So the order is, the, I think the order is The Schooner, then The Zipline, then The Flying Dutchman. Okay, so The Schooner first and foremost. What this thing basically looks like is you go to the top of a mountain and you slide down on like a tube or a mat or something like that, it looks like you're slotting down on bar mats, like floor mats for a bar. That's what it looks like. But it does look fun. You're sliding down this mountain. You're going. You're flipping and whipping around in all sorts of different directions. It doesn't look overwhelmingly scary, but it does look kind of interesting and weird. But that's phase one. And then you go up, and then you do a canopy tour, a zip line tour. Now, I just told you I don't necessarily need to do a canopy tour and that's not my favorite thing in the world but this seemed like it was on a little bit of another level you did real high zip lines i think there are a total of four of them big ones very very uh high zip lines over some really beautiful scenery and then you cap off the whole day with what they call the flying dutchman and they take you even higher to the top of what has to be or looks like the highest mountain on the island. And then just from YouTube, you know how you watch YouTube videos and sometimes they can't really translate for you? This translated. I saw the beauty of this freaking thing. When you're standing on the top of this mountain, you're the highest thing on the entire island or so it seems, and you commit to jumping off this hill and all of St. Martin is right there. You see your cruise ship. You see everything. And you are just flying through the air. I mean, it's not Superman style, <clears throat> which I do like. I don't love the Superman style. But it looks absolutely out of control. And that's called Rainforest Adventures, the big three. So those are some of the common things that you do in some of these ports. But for purposes of not being repetitive, I tried to throw in some new things as well. And again, so excited for this cruise. That's about it for the main topic. 
After this word from our sponsor, <laughs> let's get into your emails. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at always be booked.com. Your emails have become a lifeblood of the show, and we appreciate every single one of them. Thank you guys. Tommy at always be booked.com. If you want to contribute to the show, so far we've read pretty much every email that has come in, uh, hoping to we get to the point where you know we can't. And if that happens, we'll have to start doing another segment or putting them on another show, just the email show. We'll see what happens. But I want you to keep them coming. I love the feedback. I love the conversation. I love connecting with you guys. So keep hitting me up at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Tommy, a friend of mine who always vacations at all-inclusive resorts recently returned home from a cruise. Him and his wife finally tried a cruise at my recommendation and hated it. Oh, here we go. Their main complaint was the wait times. According to them at all-inclusive resorts they have to uh, they have been to, you don't have to wait long for food and are served drinks at the bars with little, little or no wait times. So that got me thinking about my last two carnival cruises I was on, one on the Valor, Valor and one on the Vista. From what I remember at the Red Frog Rum Bar, and the Valor and Vista, Valor and Vista had the same amount of bartenders working. Why wouldn't they have additional staff on the Vista at that bar due to the size of the ship? Some of uh, some some different friends of mine also went on my Vista cruise and had a great time. I'm sure they will be future cones. Good, we'll welcome them with open arms. Uh, anyway, their only complaint was that the wait times at the bars. My friend said it seemed like the bar staff had the same sense of urgency making drinks, whether they whether there were 10 people in line or 30 people in line. That got me thinking about your pizza conspiracy. If most people get the drink package and the bartenders are slow making drinks, you'd have to figure by the end of the day they would serve less alcohol, increasing the cruise line's profit margin. What do you think? I've never tried an all-inclusive, but might have to call you in the future to book one. Boat drinks, go Yankees, respectfully, Mark. Um... Great email, Mark. Thank you so much. And yes, go Yankees. Um, So let's uh, go by that just a little bit. So your friends hated the cruise. Okay, I get it. I will be the first to say that cruising is not for everyone. I think unless you know that you get 
violent seasickness, you should try a cruise. But it still may not be for you. Now, you said the main complaint was the wait times. According to them, all-inclusive resorts they've been to. You don't, See, I don't find that I wait a lot <clears throat> at bars on cruise ships. I do know that the Alchemy Bar, it tends to be a little bit slower. Um, and uh, that's because I think those cocktails, if you're going to order those cocktails, I think it's because you are drinking more for taste and less of a heavy drinker. And you're okay waiting for that quality. There's just You look at the ingredients and the procedure the instructions on how to make these drinks there's really is there's really just no way to make them fast you know what i mean those next level craft cocktails they're going to be a little bit over a while so that's i don't know what you want i think sometimes we get a little spoiled and we want we want we want we want it immediately we want it now no if you have to freaking scrape nutmeg into a drink and then light up a board on fire so that you get a smoke taste and then hold the globe over it to this this stuff does not there's no way to do that fast and if that's what you want you got to make a decision do you want it fast do you do want it now now if you're talking about regular drinks now here's the thing when you're talking about adding extra staff the cruise line they don't add the extra staff per se because they do have more staff than they do have on the valor but that staff is spread over other bars throughout the ship. So they're assuming that this bar won't necessarily be busy, because, as busy or any busier than normal because they have 19 other bars that you can go to, and those bars are well-manned. Your issue makes sense when one bar becomes more popular, and then they have that bartender, that bar understaffed. That can happen. So if you have a large ship with a lot of bars... That puts you in a position where you have to predict how busy you think it is going to be at each one of those bars. And that is, let me tell you this, in my business, in the restaurant business, that is one of the biggest things that you have, that is maybe the biggest thing that you have to kind of uh, navigate when you're in the business and you're, especially when you're just starting out and you have a lot of uh, product driven stuff. You know what I mean? A lot of my business and my previous company, it wasn't so much product driven as it was entertainment driven. So when you have a product driven establishment, you have to have it staffed. You know what I'm saying? But then what happens? You want to be fiscally responsible with your budget. So you want to try to staff your place based on the amount of business or the amount of business that you project to have. And that crushes a lot of people. That's definitely a thing that Crazy Uncle Mike's is struggling with, definitely. Because you could have a situation where you have a bunch of people that you pay and standing around with their thumb up their ass, or you try to get cute and try to schedule exactly right, and then you get a big wave, and then all of a sudden, 20 people have a bad experience. You don't want that either. So navigating that, navigating your staff to your projective amount of covers that are going to walk in is one of the biggest things you have to do and probably a main reason as to why a lot of places fail. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to, you don't want to get to people. You want to blow people away with service. And you're not blowing people. You're not getting to everybody if you're not staffed properly. And it's almost like you have to <clears throat> overstaff and you have to just kind of take that on the chin. On those days where you got to take it on the chin, you got to take it on the chin. You have to just have a really good product out there, knowing that your product holds up. And you know what? If you weren't as profitable on this particular Sunday, you'll make it up because you know what? You will have that 500-person day, and you will blow everybody away with sales and service. So that's the only way to do it. And you're talking about the sense of urgency. 
The reason those bartenders don't elevate the sense of urgency is because they're cruise ship employees and they're going to be getting the same amount of money whether they work at uh, 6 miles per hour or 20 miles per hour. Just made those numbers up. But that's what that's what you're dealing with with that. So I don't ever wait for drinks at bars. Typically, because if I find myself about to wait at a bar, there's a little bit of um, greasing going on with the tips. You know, on certain cruise ships, we establish who our guys are. That's our bartender at this bar. That's our bartender at this bar. We go to him. We tip hard and heavy at the beginning. And they were looking for us. There could be a crowd of people. I remember on the Norwegian Escape, there was no better time for that. Uh, and we were at multiple bars just getting taken care of. Some of these bars got very busy. And we would see the bartender looking over, standing on his tippy toes, looking over the crowd of people that were ahead of us and taking our drink orders with a smile. So in that regard, you got a tip. And that's if you want to see the bartenders hustling, you know, that's what's going to happen. On the Carnival Valor, um, I don't know. A lot of people may not have. Well, it wasn't the Valor that was the problem, right? It was the Vista. Uh, maybe people just weren't tipping. So you got to make sure you tip. Um, and that's pretty much the thing that covers everything, right? All-inclusive, yeah, man. I would just get too bored in an all-inclusive. If I'm going to go to an all-inclusive and just go there, I'd just sit in the same Wake up, look at the same pool every day, look at the same view, look at the same. I'm just, I'm a cruise guy, man. That's all I could tell you right now. I can go to an all-inclusive. You know, I could go to your different restaurants. I can maybe get on a bus and go to one of your excursions, but I'm still coming back to the same geographical place that I was. I'm still waking up to that same damn pool. There's no waves. I'm not getting bounced around at all. There's no adventure to it. You know, people probably aren't communicating or talking or, or commingling as much as they normally would. So that's why I will forever be a cruise guy. Thank you for the email, Mark. I like that one. All right, here we go. Down to business now. Good afternoon, Super Cones. In an attempt to engage Mr. Michael Phelps of the cruise, uh, of the cruise tender, Darren, on his own turf. So this is Colin. He's responding to the last show's email where Darren took exception to Colin asking. So Colin said he actually swam back from the um, he swam back from the island to the ship, foregoing the tender, and basically got on the ship from 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 the ocean, from the sea, not using a boat. You know those tender ports where you have to kind of take a boat to get to the island he swam <laughs> colin sounded a little skeptical and wanted video darren responded to colin saying how dare you ask me for video i got it like that i know some people on cruise ships and we travel with the entertainment staff sometimes and you know what i'm an experienced cruiser and you wouldn't understand it this is colin's response good afternoon super cones in an attempt to engage mr michael phelps of the cruise tender darren on his own turf, and not for some social media cred, as I have been accused of, I will be. I will respond to your allegations here. I guess that was because uh, when, when Colin asked for the footage, Darren said, I don't just do it for social media like you. So that's that response. Yes, I in fact have ext- an extremely hard time believing you swam back to the ship in lieu of a tender. 
A nearly one-mile open ocean swim after a day of drinking and sunning is a feat that few would undertake successfully. Maybe you are some sort of a super triathlete that is the son of a cruise line vice president. What I was insinuating in the post was that I think some sort of corroborating evidence for such an epic experience would be warranted. Not only is that so physically impressive, but that there were no repercussions from the cruise ship itself. I mean, even Tommy has a video of riding the room service cart. (laughs) Alas, it's the internet, and I believe you anyway, because such a story is awesome, and life is more fun with outrageousness. Okay, so Colin comes around. So you do believe him. You're giving him the credit on this. All right, that's good to hear. I am unsure why you think I am such a cruising newbie, but I will defer to your vast array of seeming experience, at least in emailing penthouse forum type cruising stories. <laughs> Darren has Darren has told us a few times that he's had some escapades on cruise ships. So that's what Colin's referring to right there is penthouse forum. Colin, what is penthouse? I, it sounds familiar, but... That's a great reference right there. Colin is referencing Penthouse Forum in the email section. Uh, are you a former employee or relative of an executive? Seemingly plausible explanations to your implausible situations. I don't. I can't figure out if you believe him or not, Colin. Here, I am diligently working to bring myself up to your level of cruising royalty and plan on upping the 24 days I spent at sea in 2019 by booking more frequently in 2020. Okay. Colin trying to expand the cruise cred and, 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 and establish his credibility to a skeptical Darren. As I reread this email for proofreading to appease Tommy. <laughs> this is great. I love this guy. It seemingly comes off a bit harsh. It is not my attention. And in fact, I, I'm having trouble reading your email, Colin, and I don't know why. I think it's uh, I'm not illiterate. I think and your and your grammar is there. I just think your your prose, your style of writing, is um is a little unique. I think it's uh, I think I think it's um it's challenging. It's in, in a good way. I think you you write in a little bit of a way where, uh, your placement of words is a little um let's call it what's the word uh um eclectic um nice it's it's nice i'm just having to read it slow who knows maybe i'll break my carnival cherry and hit up the pirates and pier runners too next year tommy has seen my cruising style and i think he can agree we would get along swimmingly (laughs) in quotes with the pun in pursuit of outrageous shenanigans thanks for keeping us entertained boat drinks colin that's a great email and yeah I, i think he's i think these two gentlemen Veterans of the Always Be Both Cruising community are having a very, very playful back and forth with each other, which I am totally in approval of. Sorry, I'm just adjusting my microphone here. Um, I think it's awesome. I, I, I don't know if Colin actually believes him, but I do agree with the last part. You guys would get along great. I have cruised with Colin, and uh, Colin, all I have to say is that I don't know anything really about Colin other than the group, and I know he's... Definitely sounds like a fun, entertaining guy. Uh, he flies airplanes like most of you guys are who live on the edge like that. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know why living on the edge, you know how to fly a plane and you do it very safely. But uh, I didn't know what to expect when he said he was just joining us on this cruise in uh, out of Orlando. So Colin shows up. He's got a backpack on, you know, burly guy. Uh, and l- when I say a good time Charlie, I mean a good time Charlie. He needs himself and nothing else to make sure he has a good time. And from the moment we met him, you know, we were kindred spirits. He was around. We had a great time on Coco Cay. We had a great time in the rain on, on Sail Away Day. But it was just a great cruise, just a great time. And, and he's a great guy. Uh, Darren, you sound like you know different. So, yeah, this is a very friendly rivalry that you guys are having back and forth. And, yes, competition makes us great. And I would love to see the two of you on a cruise. And then you throw us whack jobs in the mix. And Chris, who will literally probably throw himself off the side of the ship, in order to prove that he's the craziest, uh, it could it could it could make for a very good time. Um, oh, Colin has a PS. As I scroll down, I really hope Tommy nailed reading the word corroborating. PPS, PSS, man, rap battle style cruise beefs are fun. I anxiously await your response, Darren. You are now on the clock. I wanted to read something else that another legend of the Always Be Both community wrote to me on Facebook. His name is Matt, and uh, he's of Matt and Thelma fame, and he's going to be on the group cruise. And he wrote, am I the only one who listens to podcasts at two times speed? Just watched Tommy Casabona's ship tour of The Breeze on YouTube, and he sounded like he was talking so slow. Then I remembered I'm used to hearing him talk at two times speed. Matt, Matt, I don't know how I feel about you listening to me at two times speed. Of course, you have every right in the world to be able to do so. If that's what you'd like to do, do it. But I, I just, I just have trouble when I think about you speeding down the Texas highway, listening to me in your ears, sounding like the chipmunks. I don't know. I'll deal with it. I guess. What are you gonna do? Um, that's about it. We have one more from the Facebook, and I had to pull from the Facebook a little bit because we don't have we only had two emails this week. Uh, I had a disappointment take place this morning. Was supposed to do the transatlantic on the Mardi Gras, just be, uh, but because of a delay of the ship's delivery, they canceled the first eight voyages, including the transatlantic voyage. My housemate, who was going to be my cabin mate, and I debated and decided that we were going to change to a different ship for a one-week voyage on that week. Had to be Carnival Cruise because they were giving us the future cruise credit, from what I understand. So now we are booked on the September 12th sailing out of, uh, of the Carnival Panorama. Been watching lots of videos about her. Looks like a pretty impressive ship. Clayton. Clayton's doing exactly what you should do in this situation. What we talked about at the top of the show. Talking about cruising. Having to remain fluid as far as with your expectations a lot of times. And he gets it. Clearly, Clayton gets it. All you can do is roll with the punches. Hopefully, now your cruise contract, if you've ever read one of those, not going to lie, I haven't. Because, again, like I said, there's nothing in that verbiage that is going to make me not click yes and pay my money to join the cruise. So, I guess, for what I'm talking about, so what I'm trying to say is that I think that they have the right to tell you you're out like you're beat like of course in that regard no you're probably protected if they cancel your cruise yeah 
But do they have to, you know, they give you your money back, but do they have to give you the future cruise credit too? I don't know. Carnival usually does. But the attitude that you have, oh, well, I got to book the panorama and I'm going to have an amazing West Coast cruise out of the panorama and see areas that are cool. I'm going to watch videos and get pumped up about that. It does look like, and it is, an amazing class of ships. I don't know who you're going with, Clayton. Like I said, the only thing about the only Vista class cruise I've gone on is that I felt it was a little spread out. It wasn't that typical carnival, really drive home the fun type of mentality. But, you know, it was also a dead ship, as Stu would say. Dead ship. That's it. So I think that was more of the exception rather than the rule. That's pretty much it. I want to thank you guys so much for joining. Join the group on Facebook, will you, Tommy? Um, I'm sorry, it's the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge. We have the Patreon. There's a Facebook group for the Patreon. It is the Always Be Booked Super Cones Mega Loft. And you can kind of check out some of the banter in there. Maybe before you want to decide to join the Patreon, we did have a great episode with Doug Parker on the Patreon. If you want to show every single day of the damn week, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Always Be Booked. And it's $5 a month. See me on Instagram, always be booked. Send me letters on email, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Book a cruise with me by sending an email to that same thing, and we will send you on a cruise again, touching on the travel agency. I'll get to it. I'll get to you. I'm not necessarily the best with the X's and O's, with the categories and everything, but I absolutely will promise to give you all the information that I have. And if you need me to research for you, I'll do that. And yes, booking a cruise with me is a great way to support the show. That's about it. 20 days left. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea. And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere We'll all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing 
get away To where the boat leaves from and takes away All of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from and takes away All of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from and takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from